Hi everyone, how are you doing? I am back here in your ears and today I am going to do a personal question and answer. So I have a business, like small business question and answer podcast to post but for now let's just do a personal one. You sent me lots of cute questions and I can't wait to answer them. So let's get into it. First question. Did you always know you wanted to be an artist? Did you always have a direction? Currently at art college, but don't know what to do with myself afterwards and would love some words from a creative. So, no, I didn't always have a direction. And honestly, even some days now, I don't have much of a direction. I didn't know I always wanted to be an artist. In fact, when I was deciding what you need to go to, I kind of wanted to do curating. So curating exhibitions, accessible exhibitions, open to everyone. That was really my passion back then when I was, what, 18, I think? Now, I ended up going to Goldsmiths and doing visual cultures, history of art, and I really didn't enjoy it. Not to put anyone off at university or Goldsmiths or that course, but it just wasn't for me. And I feel like it also just confused me as to what I wanted to do because it was a world I wasn't really comfortable in. I was doing art sales at the time. I didn't know then what I wanted to do. Then, at the end of university, I started drawing and kind of just fell into what I'm doing now. But it was never my plan. And even now, I love what I do so much, but I'd also love to do like prison librarian kind of job or art therapy in prisons. I think what I'm trying to say is basically, it's okay if you don't have a direction and we are still young enough to make decisions and change what we're doing. It's never too late to change. There are people who spend their whole lives doing one thing and then just decide they wanna change, learn something new, try a new thing, try a new hobby even, and I think that's totally fine and should be more normalized. Obviously everything comes with a cost, but I think just because you're doing art now at college doesn't mean you have to do it forever, and it's also okay to not know. It's not really a thing that anyone talks about, like. You don't hear anyone say, it's all right if you don't know what you want to do. It's kind of more like you have to know, you have to decide what course you're going to do, what you're going to do next, what your job going to be. Sometimes we don't know. And maybe this is not good advice, but I am here as an older sister to tell you, you will work it out. And if you don't like something, it's never too late. You can change it. It can be resolved. It can be sorted out. Just work hard at what you're doing right now. If you're worried and you don't think it's for you, speak to someone and also embrace your hobbies and interests don't just cut yourself off to one subject i think embrace everything and know that it's never too late to turn around and refigure out what comes next i think if most of us were being honest we never know what we're doing or what's going to happen next or what we want to do next but it just flows and all you can do for yourself is just be honest with yourself and just support yourself through everything too you could never disappoint yourself or let yourself down and I think you're doing a great job by the sounds of it. I just want to send you a massive hug and to say it's all right not to know what you want to do or what direction you want to go in. Now next question. Because you're a Virgo I'm sure you'll be able to answer this. How do you stop yourself from self-doubt when you finish a piece and maybe not love it as much as you thought? So the way I like to look at this is I kind of changed my perspective on things. If you don't love something you've made, did you enjoy making it? Did it make you feel calm? 
or did it give you some time out from the world? Because I think those are the most important things. I remind myself that the process is usually the most important part, not the end product. It's about the process, not the outcome. That's how I look at it. It's also good to remember something I remind myself of in this world where we're encouraged to share everything. It's okay to not share everything. If you don't like something, no one else has to see it. You don't even have to keep it, delete it, chuck it in the bin. It doesn't matter. Knowing that I don't have to share everything with everyone and that not liking my work all the time is totally normal, unavoidable, has been really a big thing for me and has been really helpful with my creativity. So yeah, my two tips would be you don't have to show anyone, you don't have to keep it and it's about the process, not the outcome. Sometimes it's not just about making something pretty but it's how it made you feel to create that thing. Okay, next question. What do you do with motivational block? How do you get around it? Now, this might be controversial, but I don't think we should force motivational block. If it's something for a hobby, if it's something you don't have to force yourself to do or rush to do, I think that the best thing to do is divert your brain to something else you enjoy. For example, with me, if I have block with doing something and I just, if it's creative kind of block, I take a break, put my pen and paper down or put my iPad down and just go watch a film or have a bath or read a book and it always comes back. But if I try and force it, it takes way longer to come back. So if I don't time myself, I tend to just take ages and kind of procrastinate. But if I say, right, I need to send this letter, I'm giving myself 15 minutes to do it then I will do it in that 15 minutes, set a timer on my phone, tick it off my list, even break that down into steps. For example, if you have to fill a form in, read through the form, step one, tick. Write on the form, step two, tick. Get the envelope, get the address, step three, tick. And step four, walk to the post box, tick. I think breaking things down like that makes it way like easier for me to get through difficult patches of motivation. And it also allows me to feel like, okay, yeah, I've done it. A little bit of accomplishment, I think. I hope that was helpful. Hi, just curious, what is your moon sign? My moon sign is Aquarius and I do feel like my true self is very Aquarius. Yeah, I feel like that's very on point. My sun is Virgo and my, what's the other one? Rising is Sagittarius and my Venus is in Leo, which I think is very on point. What are your favourite activities or hobbies besides drawing that you enjoy without guilt? Well, I try to enjoy everything guilt-free because life is short and anything that makes you happy and doesn't hurt someone else is guilt-free, surely. But I love cooking. I love cooking. Make sure I cook something every day. I love gardening and I love puzzles. So crosswords or um what's the other one word searches sudoku that kind of thing i love puzzles so much obviously reading of course is a big one for me and i also like writing i'm desperately trying to write my first ever book but i'm very self-conscious about my writing but i really enjoy it like when i write and it just flows it feels like the most magical and free thing in the world so that's something that i really enjoy outside of drawing and creating what's your favorite snack I love these, I'm just going to look them up for the actual name. They are Paldo is the brand, instant noodles, they're Korean, 
they come in this pack of four i think um and they're stir fried chicken noodle with spicy sauce with spicy soy sauce let me tell you these noodles are the best instant noodles i've ever had you can buy them online from continental shops and they're just they're so spicy you can choose how much sauce to put on so it's not super spicy if you don't need it to be and then they've also got the little dried sachet vegetables but there's something about the noodles they're so nice like the actual noodles themselves are lovely i also love cheese scones at the minute i just baked some the other day and them with some salted butter and like toasted a little bit beautiful and i've really been craving chicken crisps it's my favorite crisp flavor don't judge me but love chicken crisps i'm really a fan of like salty crispy savory snacks so they're some of my favourites at the minute. Do you watch anyone on YouTube? I love the Welsh twins. They are just hilarious twins. They're absolutely gorgeous and they just make me laugh so much. In fact, my mum also loves them and we love watching their videos together. Guaranteed a laugh, especially if you're English, I feel like, because you'll be able to get all their weird little English quirks. I mean, if you're anyone, just watch the Welsh twins. I love them and I feel like they deserve so much more support too. I also love Peter Mon for all the YouTube gossip and I love Catherine Morgan's videos. She makes ballet videos. I'm just looking through my suggestions now. And who else have I got on here? Oh, Smooth Gefixed. They are Dutch cousins and they live in Ireland and they do all these outdoorsy type videos. But they actually made a Iron Age Celtic roundhouse from scratch using natural materials and techniques. So really love their videos. I think they're really lovely. Which compliment are you most happy to receive? For example, mine is that I'm funny and make people laugh. Oh, that's such a nice question. I really like when people say I make them feel safe. That makes me feel really good and really grateful. And I think that's such a lovely compliment. And especially at workshops when I've done them in the past and people say like, oh, you made me feel so welcome and I was so scared before I came. That makes me really happy because... I constantly kind of overthink how I'm coming across and I, I really hope that people see my intentions for what they are um, and I never want to hurt anyone or make anyone feel unwelcome. So the fact that people can feel comfortable in my presence, especially at a workshop, which can be a really scary thing in a big group of people you don't know. So yeah, that's my favourite compliment to receive. I know you recently started taking ballet classes. Would you say it's difficult starting or trying to take classes for something you've always wanted to do but are much older now? I would say that mentally it's more difficult. Obviously there are physical things too but I'll go through the whole process with you. So for me personally, well it wasn't a group session because I booked a one-to-one -one session because they didn't have any beginner adult classes in a group. So that took away some of the stress because it was just me and the teacher. I saw from their social media the way they came across and it seemed like a place I'd love to visit. And then before I went, I was so worried, like so self-conscious of my body and like how I move and I was so worried I was going to look stupid. But honestly, as soon as I walked in there, my teacher Claire was just so welcoming and so lovely that my worries just disappeared. I've never felt, you know, like stupid or too old or anything like that and it's just been an all-round positive experience for me that I expected to go a lot more difficult than it did if you know what I mean. Physically it's difficult because obviously as you get older you're less flexible and um, but apart from that if you work hard enough at it then you can do things at your own pace and you will learn and your confidence with that will improve. 
I would say mentally it's hard to get over that insecurity and the self-consciousness but if you're in a place that feels safe and I do feel really safe at my dance studio and the people around you are lovely everyone there is just such a joy to be around then that also helps you mentally and now I really look forward to going and I don't feel any more of that um, anxiety towards going. I would say if you want to try something new just go for it and if you're not feeling it after that first lesson or first session you never have to go back but at least you've tried it and if you are feeling it after that first session you've just welcomed something into your life that you always wanted to do. I don't think it's ever too late to do anything new but why not start now? and see how it goes. So I encourage you to do stuff that you've always wanted to do because it is really liberating. And one huge benefit is you get to view it all from an adult's perspective. So when I was younger and I'd go dancing, I don't think I really appreciated the lessons like I should have done because I was just little and I didn't care. But now I get to appreciate the beauty of ballet and dancing and all the other people there that work there and dance there. And to me, that's really special. What is your favourite film or favourite films? I love Midsummer. I know it's such a cliche answer now, isn't it? But I love Midsummer so much. I think it's a horrifying, beautiful, deep, thrillery, dark, psychological horror film. And I just, I just love everything about it. For me, it was like the main character was so empowered after this relationship with this awful man. And that's something I could definitely relate to in my past. So... It did feel really empowering for me watching that film. Obviously no spoilers, and it is a very triggering film for many people, but if you haven't already seen it and you'd like to, definitely watch Midsummer. I also love Hereditary by the same director. I love Saint Maud, which is by the same production company, weirdly enough. I love um, Billy Elliot. I love Catch Me Daddy. I love American Psycho. I love Kill List is an amazing film. They're all sort of dark, gritty films, apart from Billy Elliot, but it is kind of gritty in some ways, right? I can't pick one film, but Midsummer is almost the favourite of all time. First, I love your work. Thank you. Do you ever feel burnt out? If so, how do you deal with it? I do feel burnt out, but since lockdown, I feel less burnt out less often, which is really good. It's something that I've had to overcome and before lockdown I would always be forcing myself to overwork because I thought that was kind of where my value came from as a human and now I realise it's not at all. So I've been able to slow down and there's a few things I've learned that have helped me. So if I feel burnt out, I try and communicate it to people around me. So if you have a boss, a partner, a teacher, something like that, you can always communicate that so that person can maybe help you through that situation. One time before I was really burnt out, I had loads of personal stuff going on while I was at uni and I did get an extension on one of the essays I did. Just an example, I know not everything can be avoided or changed, but there are ways that life can adapt to you a little bit when you're going through these periods of feeling burnt out. I also think it's important that you can ask for help, like that's always an option. You don't have to be in crisis to ask for help. There are plenty of helplines just if you need a chat, if you need someone to talk to who you don't know. And also just to know that being burnt out, not to freak anyone out, but it can lead to serious health issues. I know like my chronic pain is linked to stress and if I'm burnt out, the stress rises and I'm in pain. It can lead to physical conditions. So it's so important 
that you give yourself time to rest and recover because you can't just keep going. If you're burnt out, you can't just push through. It doesn't work like that. You need a rest. Could be just a day. It could be weeks. It could be months. Depends on the person, but you need rest and you deserve rest. Those are the ways in which I deal with it, just by giving myself that compassion to relax and rest as much as I can and to know that I'm not a machine and there's no quick fix to being burnt out like you cannot just pretend everything's all right it doesn't work like that and rest helps us recover and it helps us recuperate and continue I wish I could give you a big hug and if you are feeling burnt out right now just know you don't have to suffer through it alone and it does pass but you have to help yourself a bit too your podcast about leaving a toxic friend resonated so much with me I went through almost an exact scenario of what you described and even though parting with them was for the best, I missed them so much. How did you cope with cutting ties and is it unreasonable to miss them so much? Now, I just want to tell you it is not unreasonable for you to miss them at all. We all cope with these things differently and there's no wrong way of like feeling after going through that at all. I can promise you that. Of course, you're going to miss that person and what they contributed to your life in a positive way as well as being aware of the things that made them toxic and made the relationship toxic. Now, for me personally, I didn't miss that person that was in my life, that toxic friend, and I haven't since I cut ties with them, simply because of how detrimental they were on my life and on my mental health in particular. So for me, it was more like a weight was lifted when I cut ties with them. And since then, the weight has continued to lift because I don't have to deal with that pressure anymore or that pain. Not just that they cause me, but that they cause other people, which for me makes me guilty by association, you know? So for me, it was like a weight lifted. Just being honest with you because I didn't miss them. And of course, you're missing your person. But both of those responses are valid. And we have both been through different situations within the same kind of realm of toxic friends. You asked me how did I cope with cutting ties. And I think for me, it was just a straight cut off. Can't deal with this. Won't deal with this anymore. Will never speak to them again, etc. Now, it's up to you to decide how you deal with things. There's no right or wrong way. But I think it's important for us to remember why we made those decisions in the first place and to also put yourself first. If you can hear something in the background, it's just my washing machine at an incomprehensible spin speed. Sounds like it's about to take off. So you had your reasons to cut ties with that person. Your reasons are valid. Validate those reasons and remind yourself of them because you do deserve better and it's better to have no friend than a friend that makes you feel that way. Some people think maybe that I'm being cold by saying this, but I'm just giving you my truth. And I know how much a friendship like that can take from you and can essentially put you in a really difficult situation. Therapy helps. Talking to people that you trust helps. And just centering yourself a little bit and understanding that what you've been through can potentially be traumatic for some people. It's not just like a friend was a bit bad, but toxic friendships can range through all kinds of experiences and feelings. And don't let anyone invalidate that, including yourself. I just need you to know that it's not unreasonable that you miss them. That's just human, of course you will. But you're allowed to feel multiple things about one person. You might miss someone and then also feel 
like you really happier away from them you might miss those memories but also be aware that it's not a good friendship for you to be part of i'm sending you the biggest hug ever and loads of love because i understand how confusing these kind of feelings can be and i'm so proud of you for separating yourself from that toxic person it does get easier over time as well to deal with these thoughts and it will just be a distant memory at some point okay that was enough rambling from me If you have any more questions for future question and answer episodes, I will put a little question box in the description of this podcast. So you can pop your questions there. Anonymous, it's fine. Go ask me a little question. I will do my best. And it's just always lovely to have this interaction with you. So thank you so much for listening. I love you. Bye for now.